This is ARN. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your squirrel host, pushing the wrong buttons here on a Monday morning. Oh, good to have you with us. This is Monday, the 18th day of December, 2023. One week from today is Christmas Day. Man, time is flying. And then a week after that, it's New Year's, and we are in 2024 with all of the election shenanigans that that entails. So that's coming up uh, all too fast. All too fast. Well, welcome. Good to have you with us as we start another week of Squirrel Chatter for Monday, the 18th of December. Squirrel Chatter is a podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and anything else I want to talk about. We webcast every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble. And then the podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. Head on over to ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. Check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. You are certain to find something worth listening to. I guarantee it. Special holiday offer, guaranteed, or double your money back. All right, what do we got going on today on Squirrel Chatter? We have our scripture reading. We have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. We have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. And it's Monday, so we got Monday meanderings. Interesting stuff to talk about today. All right. Um, actually didn't put any Christmas stuff in the Monday meandering today. I should have, uh, as the season approaches, but, uh, yeah, this is Advent season. Christmas season starts Christmas day. Let's recapture the meaning of words. Advent is looking forward to Christmas. Christmas season is from Christmas day to epiphany or otherwise known as the 12 days of Christmas. So, be that as it as it may. Let us begin as is our con, is our confession as is our practice with the prayer of confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. I'm tongue tied today. We'll talk more about that in a minute. All right. Uh, slept better last night. Um, did not. Could not sleep at all Saturday night. I was tossing and turning and wide awake, and I'll explain more about why that was when we get to the Monday meanderings. I slept better last night, but I was deep in it when my alarm clock went off, and that that always I'm still crawling up from the depths of my slumber. So if I trip over my words or or fail to enunciate something correctly, Please forgive me. Remember, I am a professional. Don't try this at home. (laughs) All right. Our prayer of confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, 
We have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins, and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, and our prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. All right, our scripture reading today is going to be Genesis 11 and Psalm 11. As we have started our way through the Bible uh, with the first week in Advent, which is when the church calendar starts, and it's going to take us roughly three years, but uh, we're not going to be in a hurry, and we are reading from the Legacy Standard Bible Translation. Genesis chapter 11. Now the whole earth, excuse me, now the whole earth had the same language and the same words. And it happened as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and they had tar for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. And let us make for ourselves a name, lest we be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Then Yahweh came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of man had built. And Yahweh said, Behold, they are one people, and they have the same language, and this is what they have begun to do. So now nothing which they, nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down, and there confuse their language, so that they will not understand one another's language. So Yahweh scattered them from there over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there Yahweh confused the language of the whole earth, and from there Yahweh scattered them over the face of the whole earth. These are the generations of Shem. Shem was 100 years old and became the father of Arphashed two years after the flood. And Shem lived 500 years after he became the father of Arphashed, and he became the father of other sons and daughters. And Arphashed lived 35 years and became the father of Shelah. And Arphashed lived 403 years after he became the father of Shelah, and he became the father of other sons and daughters. And Shelah lived 30 years and became the father of Eber. 
And Shelah lived 403 years after he became the father of Eber, and he became the father of other sons and daughters. And Eber lived 34 years and became the father of Peleg. And Eber lived 430 years after he became the father of Peleg, and he became the father of other sons and daughters. And Peleg lived 30 years and became the father of Ru. And Peleg lived 209 years after he became the father of Ru, and he became the father of other sons and daughters. And Ru lived 32 years and became the father of Serug. And Ru lived 207 years after he became the father of Serug, and he became the father of other sons and daughters. And Serug lived 30 years and became the father of Nahor. And Serug lived 200 years after he became the father of Nahor, and he became the father of other sons and daughters. Nahor lived 29 years and became the father of Terah. And Nahor lived 119 years after he became the father of Terah, and he became the father of other sons and daughters. And Terah lived 70 years and became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. The Generations of Terah Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. And Haran died in the presence of Terah his father in the land of his birth in Ur of the Chaldeans. Abram and Nahor took wives for themselves. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. And Sarai was barren. She had no child. And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans in order to go to the land of Canaan. And they came as far as Haran and settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now Psalm 11. As I navigate to our next passage. Psalm 11. For the choir director of David. In Yahweh I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string to shoot in darkness at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Yahweh is in his holy temple. Yahweh's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. Yahweh tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence his soul hates. He, may he rain snares upon the wicked. Fire and brimstone and burning wind will be the portion of their cup. For Yahweh is righteous. He loves righteousness. The upright will behold his face. This is the word of the Lord. And now our reading from Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. Today's um, devotion is entitled, Trusting God for Protection, But Deliver Us from Evil, Matthew six thirteen b <coughs> Dr. MacArthur writes, If you realize the great danger that temptation poses to your soul, 
This petition will be a plea for God to provide a protection you can't give for yourself. You will ask God to watch over your entire being so that in whatever you do or say, see or hear, and wherever you go, he will guard you from sin. Joseph understood that even though ungodly forces intend certain things for our evil, God can use those things for good. Genesis 50 verse 20. But we may not react to every such situation as Joseph did. Therefore, we must seize the promise that God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. See also John seventeen fifteen. When you sincerely pray, deliver us from evil. You implicitly submit to your only protection from sin, God's word. Let me reread that. When you sincerely pray, deliver us from evil. You implicitly submit to your only protection from sin, God's word. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you, James 4, 7. Submitting to God is, in essence, submitting to his word. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you, Psalm 119, verse 11. In a fallen world, We are inadequate to deal with sin's powerful effects. Therefore, we must confess the weakness of our flesh and the absolute powerlessness of our own resources to rescue us from sin's grasp. Ask yourself, let this be a new day of triumph for you, a fresh start with God, knowing that his eternal might is greater than the allure of any sinful desire. Why continue on in ways that invariably lead to guilt, coldness, and defeat in your life? Choose the way that leads to unknown adventures with the Lord. Be delivered from evil as you take hold of the Father's hand and just walk away. Oh, good word this morning. All right, it is Monday, which means it's Monday meandering, and this will be the last football Monday meandering for some time. As I mentioned last Monday, two weeks ago, the Grizzlies beat Furman to advance to the semifinal game. There were four teams left at the beginning of this weekend. There are now two teams, and one of them is the Montana Grizzlies. The Grizzlies will be playing for the national championship in Frisco, Texas on January 7th. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Sadly, I'm going to miss kickoff. It's a Sunday, and the kickoff is at noon our time, so I'm certain to miss the first few minutes because I will be uh, leaving church, and we're never never the first people out the door at church. Always always a, uh, a, uh, a time moving through that, <laughs> um, so we're looking forward to that. But uh, we're, our, our plan is we'll, we'll listen to it on the radio till we get home and, and, and watch as much of it as we can once we get home. We are, we are pulling for our Grizz all the way. <clears throat> um, uh, one, of the, one of the gals that I graduated from high school from years ago, she passed away 
at the end of last season um, from cancer. And her son, Levi, is um, in his senior year at the University of Montana. Played a great game Saturday. And I, I every time I watch him play, every time I hear the stadium announcers call his name for making some great tackle, all I can think of is, man, I wish... I wish Michelle was here to see this. Um, she was so proud of him. Every time I saw her, um, I mean, you know, going back to high school, all of her kids, <laughs> all of her kids. She every time I saw her, all she would talk about was her kids. Um, most of whom I've met. Um, you, you know, after high school, we weren't. We lived in different towns. We weren't. Our families weren't close. We weren't hanging out, but. You run into people. Um, you know, Missoula is the big city as far as we're concerned, but it's only about 100,000 people. So in Walmart and Costco, you run into just about everybody you know on a relatively frequent basis, it seems. Um, I stop and talk to people in Costco and Walmart all the time. I ran into... Uh, uh, Missoula radio personality Peter Christian on our way home from church yesterday we stopped at Walmart to pick up a few things and ran into Peter and his wife had a few minutes to chat with them he's also the stadium announcer at the uh, University of Montana Grizzly games um, I've known him since I was in junior high he's just celebrated 50 years in the radio business um, here in Missoula he and my dad were friends so um, and it was good to run into them and have a few words, but we got talking about the game, and that's what I'm going to talk about you. Oh, in the last home game of the season, and it's the last home game because the championship games played in Frisco. We had home game advantage all through the playoffs um, as the number two seed, and it worked out. It's the number one seed and the number two seed. We're playing South Dakota. Um, we're playing the Jackrabbits. So Grizz versus Jackrabbits in Frisco. The the Jackrabbits were the number one seed. The Grizz were the number two seed. We both climbed our brackets. We're meeting. I mean, the guys, obviously you couldn't have seeded it better, right? You know, you got the number one and number two teams in the championship. So the selection committee, I know there's, all sorts of problems at the FBS level with and questions about the selection committee. But uh, the FCS level, it looks like they seeded the tournament correctly. So Saturday afternoon, the North Dakota State University Bison came to town. Now, the, the Montana Grizzlies and the North Dakota State Bison are the two winningest FCS programs in the 21st century. You look over the last 23 years, these are the two teams that have won the most. Now, North Dakota State had a huge run in the championship for a while. I think they've won like five or six of them, and, and many of them back-to-back. -back. I mean, they've just had this solid program in the last 10 years or so. I don't have the record in front of me, but, I mean, just they've been amazing. Um, just a powerful, powerful program. And, of course, the Grizzlies 
have always been a powerful program. And so Bison and Grizz on Saturday afternoon, and man, was it a good game. Um, a very good game between two very good teams, and it was just one of those wow games. Now, the Grizz led the whole game right up until the very end when the Bison tied it up, and we went into overtime two weeks in a row. Oh, my heart can't take much more of this. I'm glad I'm done with football games for the season because two weeks in a row we've had overtime. And this one was not only overtime, it was double overtime. <laughs> because at the end of the first overtime period, we were still tied, and they went into the second overtime period. Now, the way they play overtime at the FCS level is different from the way the pros do it. The pros put 15 minutes on the board, they flip a coin, and one team gets the ball, and if they score a touchdown, that ends the game. If they only if they're held to a field goal, then the other team gets a chance to score a touchdown, um, and and that's the way the pros do it. Um, I'm sure there's some other there's a few nuances in there I'm leaving out, but this is the way they do it at the FCS level. They flip a coin. The winner of the coin toss gets to decide whether they want to start on offense or defense. The ball is placed on the 25-yard line. The team that's on offense tries to score. Now, you can get a first down at the 15. You can get a first down at the 5. So it's normal, normal rules of play. And you have one timeout. And then... If you score or don't, whether you get a touchdown or whether you get a field goal, doesn't matter. The other team gets a possession, starting on the 25 and playing towards the end zone. And if at the end of the first overtime period it's still tied, you do it again. But the second time you do it, you can't kick an extra point. You have to go for two. So that's the way the rules work. Then, if you're tied after the second overtime, then they start doing alternating two-point conversion tries, which I believe the ball is set on the three, and you get one play to try to score. Um, and, and until one team scores and the other one doesn't, and, and you win the game. So at the end of the first overtime... We were tied. Both both teams had scored touchdowns and kicked their extra points. The second overtime, Grizz went first. North Dakota went first the first time because the Grizz won the toss. Second overtime, the Grizz go first, and they scored their touchdown and made their two-point conversion in an awesome play. Um, running back Junior Bergen, Running back receiver. I, I'm not sure what his official position is. He's our he's our punt and kickoff specialist. He did he ran another punt back for a touchdown on Saturday. He had two kick returns for touchdowns a week ago against Furman. Fabulous, fabulous player. 
and a strong Christian. Every every post game press conference, he always thanks the Lord. Um, I don't know the the history of his faith. I don't know, you know, what what uh, what his tradition of Christianity is. Um, but he's very very bold and open with the fact that he is a Christian. But he uh, he was tossed the ball in the extra point try and immediately got face masked by a defender who was running, you know, they passed and the defender reached out and snagged his face mask. He snagged it and immediately let go. And the referee was right there through a flag, but the play wasn't whistled dead because Bergen was still on his feet. Well, Bergen passed the ball into the end zone where it was tipped by a defender, but still caught by a Grizz. So the Grizz got their two-point conversion. So now they're up by eight. North Dakota State gets their possession. They, too, march down and get a touchdown. They're going for their extra point. It's intercepted by the Grizz in the field, in the, in the end zone. Game over. Grizz win. We're going to Frisco. Oh, what a night. So that's why I could not sleep Saturday night. <laughs> I was just so keyed up when we got home. Or we, after the game, Janet and I stopped at Burger King for dinner. Um, and Because uh, I, I love a Whopper. Um, and so we, we, had, we had dinner at Burger King and drove home. I was avoiding caffeine. You know, I drank a... Uh, Sprite Zero, which, you know, was my drink, which has no caffeine and no sugar. So I was, I wanted to be able to sleep Saturday night, but I tossed and turned. We both did. Um, we had to make the bed yesterday um, because we had tossed and turned so bad on Saturday night before, before going to bed last night, we had to make the bed because blankets were everywhere and it was just a mess. So neither one of us slept good. On Saturday, just because we were so keyed up from the game. It was just a fabulous, fabulous, fantastic Saturday for the Grizz to make it to the uh, their first uh, title game since 2009. It was the last time the Grizz went and played for the national championship, so... We're excited to be back in the chipper. We've been in the playoffs a lot since then, but we've never made it all the way to the to the championship game, but we're in the chipper this year. So that will be on December 7th. I'm looking forward to that. Um, like I said, it is a Sunday. We're going to miss the first part of the game. Not going to be able to listen to any of the pregame show. I think Pastor Scott would be very upset if he looked out and saw I had an earpiece in <laughs> during during his sermon listening to the pregame show, so I won't do that. <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah, that, that it's kind of kind of a happy Christmas around here as we uh celebrate another Grizz victory. Um looking forward to that. All right. What else is going on out there? Uh, news of a Christmas party in Boston. Oh, man. 
Michelle Wu, who is the mayor of Boston, 38 years old, married mother of two, lawyer, um, and radical Democrat. She's a big proponent of the Green New Deal and uh, you know, has bought into all the climate change stuff and, and, and all of that. And a uh, huge supporter of Elizabeth Warren. Um, you know, there, there were a lot of pictures when I, I looked her up on Wikipedia because I wanted some basic background on the lady. And several of the pictures of her on Wikipedia were pictures of her with Elizabeth Warren. So she's a Warrenite. She is a a, a leftist Democrat looking at, at her policies. She had been on the city council and is now mayor of Boston. And uh, So she sent out an email to all of the Boston city council members. Now, I'm not sure how big the city council is for Boston, but Obviously, big enough <laughs> that something like this would uh, be an issue. But she sent out this email. It was an email invite to a Christmas party at the Mayoral Mansion on Beacon Hill in Boston. But it was a Christmas party for electeds of color only. No whites allowed. And mistakenly, this invitation went to every council member, not just the quote-unquote electeds of color, which is a phrase I've never heard before. So, this caused a stir. About 15 minutes later, they sent out a, oh, that was a mistake, you know. <laughs> this is the, you know, disregard that. We're actually sending another set of invitations to the ones that are actually invited, because not everyone is invited that we got the original list, or got the original invite. And it, this has caused quite a bit of stir, as you can imagine. Um, and so this was this and, and and the the mayor not only you know didn't back down she doubled down which is always the way things go i mean it's, you know we'll talk about that in a minute we're seeing that elsewhere this was a statement that uh, that Wu put out there are many many events that are private events for all different sorts of groups and so we've clarified that and look forward to seeing everyone at one of the other dozens of opportunities to celebrate the holidays together, Wu said in a televised statement defending the racist criteria of this particular party. Now, as I said, Wu is a hard leftist. The hard left are the most racist people in the nation. They, they, they accuse the conservatives are being racist, but they are projecting. Trust me. They are, you know, who brings up race? Yeah. Is it the liberals or the conservatives? Who is always bringing up race? Who is so hyper-conscious of race? 
liberals or conservatives. It's the liberals. Yeah. Conser- they're always talking about it. You guys are talking about this all the time. We're talking about it because you do stuff like this. This is why conservatives take issue and bring up these matters. You know, I'm, I'm right there with Dr. King. I want people judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. But Wu is a hard leftist, and and uh, as I said she she is a lawyer, and uh, her her other degree was economics, which obviously was not uh, you know it's leftist economics. But here's the thing: Michelle Wu got her economics and law degrees from. Wait for it. Harvard University. Harvard University, from which Claudine Gay has yet to resign. That was the other double down I was referring to earlier. They have doubled down in Harvard and trying to protect Claudine Gay. Now, the scandal is not going away. The anti-Semitism stuff is starting to fade. They're, They're... they're pulling out all the stops. And just as time goes by, people are let less and less incensed by it, um, which is sad. We have such a short attention span. Um, and I say that as a person with ADHD. <laughs> you, know, you talk about short attention spans and easily distracted by stuff. But it, it is fading away to a great extent. But what's not fading away because even people on the left are realizing how serious it is, is the allegations of plagiarism that have been made against Claudine Gay. Now, in the last week, I've done some reading on this and stuff and listened to some other people, and it is quite clear. Now, Claudine Gay is the first black president of Harvard. And... She was a professor there, and then, you know. Well, here's the thing. By any other criteria, with the same academic record, someone who wasn't a black woman would never have been appointed president of Harvard. This is someone who has never published a book, has only published, I think, 11 or 12 peer-reviewed papers, and those published papers, there's allegations of plagiarism in four of them. And apparently they're also, people are starting to look at, you know, going back and looking at her undergraduate work at Stanford, trying to find other other examples of this, because this stuff never starts in a vacuum. <laughs> it, it, it never starts in a vacuum. Um, now, I could never be an academic the pressure to publish all of that stuff. I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't want a doctorate because I wouldn't want to, you know, that's a lot of work, which means, you know, you need to respect the people that, that have terminal degrees. Um, terminal degree being the, the highest degree you can have. You can't go beyond it. You can get multiple terminal degrees, 
you can have doctors and you know philosophy, you know PhDs in mathematics and science, and and there there are many people who are academics, and I mean serious academics, which are, is a a different level, you know. Um, and 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 I'll stick with serious academics, not underwater basket weaving academics, but you know. Um, Scientists, engineers, chemists, physicists, mathematicians. There are a lot of, you know, people that will have a Ph.D. in math and in physics or math and in chemistry. So I have two or, you know, or math, chemistry and physics um, and, and engineering degrees and all that sort of stuff. You'll see that in, you know. The hard sciences, especially, um, because and, and, and a lot of it's because it's all related. And if you're smart enough to have a PhD in math and physics, I'm probably going to pay more attention to you if you have than if you have a PhD in English lit. Just saying, um, because I know the academic rigor of the two different disciplines. And I'm not saying that a Ph.D. in English Lit is necessarily a worthless degree uh, or, or a giveaway. It's certainly not a giveaway. But here is Claudine Gay, who has yet to resign and still has, you know, all of these plagiarism charges are starting to come up. But like I said, if you look at her academic credentials... As far as number of works published, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If she was other than a black woman and a diversity hire, she would not be president of Harvard. Her appointment to Harvard was based on race. Now, racism is wrong. Imagine if instead of Michelle Wu you had Michael Jones as mayor of Boston and he invited just the white elected officials in Boston to a whites only Christmas party. Can you imagine the uproar? I, could you imagine the uproar? I mean, that would be, you know, you could get away with that in 1968. Well, you couldn't. There would be riots. But, you know, you could think you could try. But in 2023, you're not going to get away with having a whites-only Christmas party at the Mayoral Mansion on Beacon Hill in Boston. Or Gracie Manor in New York or any other mayor's residence. Um. I don't know what the one in L.A. is called or San Francisco. Or, but you know, you know what I'm saying. If you had a white mayor who had a whites-only Christmas party, he'd be forced to resign within days. And rightfully so. But you can have a no-whites-allowed Christmas party. And the left applauds that. Because the left are racists. The left are racist. So here is Michelle Wu, 
who is just another product of the Poison Ivy League. You know, these, these leftist institutions that have taken over our nation. And it's sad. And, and we need to get back to, you know, I mean, and here's something that, that we need to understand. There is a sense in which we need these universities, especially the, the scientific research portion of these universities. And, and I mean, I think of places like MIT, you know, the, the MIT did massive work back in the 60s during the Apollo program. Designing, I'm, I'm trying to think, were they, was MIT tasked with designing the navigation system or the computer system for the Apollo spacecraft? They did one of the, I mean, that was, uh, a university was a NASA contractor because that's where the scientists were to figure out how to do stuff that had never been done before. The scientists and the engineers. If somebody comes to me and I find out that they have an engineering or science degree from MIT, I'm going to listen to them <laughs> because that's something to, you know, but these, these, with the diversity hires and the, the social justice stuff and the DEI stuff, just corrupting the academic rigor. I see, I I don't care, you know, if I'm going to drive over a bridge, I know that bridge was designed by an engineer. I don't care what color skin that engineer had. I don't care if that engineer is a man or a woman. I don't care if that engineer is gay or straight when it comes to designing a bridge. What I care about is, is that engineer a good engineer? Did that engineer get his job and get in before that get his degree because he was able as an engineer or did he or she get that degree because they were a diversity hire? You know, we're going to, we're going to hire the next black engineer. You know, I don't want you hiring the next black engineer. I don't want you hiring the next white engineer. I want you hiring the best engineer you can get. Without regard to race or sex or national origin or religion, you know, I want the best engineer. When I'm flying around on an airplane, I want it designed by people who know how to design airplanes, not people who were picked because they fit this or that intersectional diversity group. And and if you're honest, you should want that too. Um. But the, the DEI social justice push has been destroying the integrity of these once great institutions. And and it's sad. But I would I would love to compare the the academic rigors of MIT in the fifties with the MIT of today and, and 
you know, and I'm not saying that because, well, gosh, everybody was white at MIT in the 50s. Yeah, most were. And I understand that, and that was wrong. And that's not because, you know, it's not because there weren't qualified um, minorities who could have qualified for the school if race had not been a factor. But racism going the other way isn't the answer either. Um, you know, but look at the academic rigor. That's on to strip everything else away and just look at the academic rigor of schools then, schools in the Ivy League then versus schools in the Poison Ivy League now. And I bet you dollars to donuts the academic rigor was much harder back then. Um, so that is something for us to consider on this Monday as we are in the final week of Advent. <laughs> uh, it's the third week of Advent. We got a fourth Sunday in Advent, but that fourth Sunday is also Christmas Eve, so we don't actually have a fourth week of Advent this year. Last year was really confusing because... It was on a Sunday. <laughs> Christmas is on a Sunday. So we had a full fourth week. Um, Advent being the four weeks prior to Christmas. All right. Let us now recite our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now the colic for the third Sunday in Advent, which was yesterday. O Lord Jesus Christ, you sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation. Grant that the ministers and stewards of your mysteries may likewise make ready your way by turning the hearts of the disobedient toward the wisdom of the just, that at, that at your second coming to judge the world we may be found a peopleable people acceptable in your sight. For with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now for the renewal of life. O God, the King Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace that, Having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now the colic for the unrepentant. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven 
given among men by which they must be saved, but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home, and number them among your children, that they may be yours forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for this Monday. I wish you the very best of days as we start this week, moving this last week before Christmas. Hope you got your shopping done. Um, and you can sit back and relax and enjoy the anticipate anticipation. <laughs> I told you my enunciator is not, not working today. Enjoy the anticipation of Christmas morning, which is rapidly approaching. Um, looking forward to church on Christmas Eve. We've got, uh, you know, church as normal in the morning, and then we've got our Christmas Eve service, and I'm looking forward to both of those. Um, I'm singing in the choir, and I'm singing a holy night at the uh, Christmas Eve service, so looking forward to that. I've got to uh, rehearse this week <laughs> and get ready for my solo appearance, um, and just so you know, I am not Phil Webb. <laughs> so, um, but hopefully I can do a credible job and get us through that song, uh, which I, I, that song is Christmas because dad, my dad sang Oh Holy Night at Christmas Eve services my whole life and it wasn't Christmas until Dad sang O Holy Night at church. I mean, that was just, that was all part of it. And so I'm looking forward to that this uh, this coming Saturday. So I, I'm not even as good a singer as my dad was. Dad was, dad was, dad was trained. Dad was practiced. I'm, I'm an amateur piker when it comes to swimming, uh, swimming, <laughs> singing. I can't swim well either, but... Um, so yeah, pray for me as I, uh, prepare, um, my voice is not what it used to be. I have gotten older and, uh, it was never rigorously trained and, uh, disciplined, uh, even in my youth. I, uh, but, uh, looking forward to that. So, Hey, we got a week ahead of us. Have a great one. Remember to do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. See you again here tomorrow for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.